Hi friends! Welcome to Reading Minds, where ordinary people talk about extraordinary books. I'm Annie, and it's time for another season's readings where I talk about all the books I've read in the past three months. So we are entering June, which apparently I looked up the dates for the beginning of summer and it's not until the end of June, but I've always considered June a summer month. So it's summer in my mind right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so since we last talked, let's see, what else is new with me? Um, my due date is in about a month, which is crazy. So baby will be here soon. And that's super exciting and like super insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just trying to pull like our life together so that we're ready. That our tree isn't done yet, but I don't know. I'm not too worried about everything because I know everything's going to come together and it's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's just weird to think that like in a month things are going to look completely different than they do now. But it's also super exciting. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, as far as reading goes, I know last time I talked about having more of a structured reading life this year. And I talked about this big list I had of everything I wanted to read. And I don't think I've looked at that since that episode. I looked at it recently. And I've read a couple of things from it. But I think it was just, I put them on there because I was planning on reading them now. Um, <laughs> so that's about as far as I've gotten with that. Um, I am still trying to pick my books more thoughtfully this year. So a lot of the books I've read recently are baby related. We were going to talk a lot about babies in this episode. <laughs> just because that's what I've been reading. And that's been, it's been good for me. Yeah, so I'm trying to pick good books, but they've not necessarily been from that list per se and I have been keeping up with my reviews which was my other kind of goal for this year was to be reviewing everything I read on Goodreads and I have been I have been keeping up with that which has been good um I feel like I've hit kind of a plateau where I just kind of like have my little formula where I talk about the things I liked in the book and the things I didn't like about the book and just end it with that <laughs> so they're kind of sounding the same to me I guess but I don't know I still think it's good just to keep myself writing and thinking through everything um but yeah so if you want to check those out I will have my goodreads linked in the show notes um yeah so I've read seven books since we talked last time and this isn't including worldly saints which I talked about last time that was the book on the Puritans and I was in the middle of it last time so I'm not counting that one because I kind of already talked about it um <clears throat> but yeah it, I mean it was good if you want to hear more there's my review on Goodreads <laughs> um but yeah so thankfully I've read a few more books than I did between or I did before our last episode I think I only read one book in between those two so I've read seven this time which is impressive. Well, no, it's not impressive, but it's, I'm, I'm happier with where I'm at now. <laughs> so a lot of these books, as I said before, are 
baby themed or related. <laughs> so I read a parenting book by Joel Beakey called Parenting by the Promise or by Parenting by God's Promises. And it was just it was a really, really good read. Yeah, so he talks about parenting through God's covenant, which is how we in Reformed theology see how God relates to his people. Um, and we see whole families as being a part of that covenant and not just each individual believer. So that is why we practice infant baptism, because we are including our children in that covenant which we could get into a lot of other things about covenant theology, but I don't think I'm going to. (laughs) Um, So I guess the overall application that I took away from this book was the importance of family worship. And by family worship, I mean um, just the practice of taking some time as a family out of every day to um, sit down together and sing some psalms or hymns, read the Bible, and pray which it doesn't sound like that much of a time commitment, and it it doesn't have to be. Um, But Mason and I have been pretty convicted about this lately because we have not been super regular or super consistent with doing this just the two of us, and it's only going to get harder when there are children. (laughs) And yeah, so it's something that um, the book kind of impressed on us was just that we need to be taking this seriously because it is a means of grace, and one of the ways our children are going to hear the gospel every day from us. Um, from, well, no, from God (laughs) through us. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that book was really, really good. Um, I also read Husband Coached Childbirth by Robert Bradley, and this was published in 1974, I think. And so this is when a lot of hospitals were just, um, in the process of changing their policies, um, so that fathers could be in the delivery room with their wives as they were giving birth which is why the title of this book, Husband, Coach, Childbirth, sounds super weird to us um, because we kind of just take that for granted now. Um, So Robert Bradley created the Bradley Method, which is one of the, I think, the earlier methods of having a natural childbirth in a hospital. And so Robert Bradley is a doctor. He's not like some random hippie, (laughs) Um, which I appreciate. And this method is still... It's still in effect today, so there's a lot of classes all over, at least the United States. I'm not sure about other countries, but I know, like, there are different classes you can attend throughout your pregnancy to prepare yourself for this um, form of natural childbirth in a hospital. And it's very specific, which is why I'm kind of glad I'm not doing it, because I would just like some freedom to figure out what actually feels good to me and what doesn't. (laughs) Whereas the Bradley method, it seems more structured like you have to be laying on your side during active labor or something like that that might not be accurate but they're just very specific steps like that um and oh I don't know if I said this before but I am going to try to have a natural childbirth um and I I am giving birth in a hospital I'm not I'm not a hippie I just think I just think a lot of things about birth (laughs) which I do have a section at the end of this where I kind of just want to share all my thoughts about that with you just because that is one of the results of what I've been reading is me thinking through why I would like to have a natural childbirth. So we'll get to that. <laughs> but anyway, so this book, it's, it said it was an updated version, but <laughs> it seemed very choppy in its updates where 
there would be a whole section of stuff about these practices that aren't really in effect anymore because hospitals have, you know, modern medicine has grown and changed, especially in regards to childbirth. Um, So it would talk about things that hospitals don't do anymore. And then sometimes there would be an update saying, oh, this, this is all very different now. But sometimes there wasn't. So it was... I want to say it was kind of misleading in that you could walk away from it thinking that hospitals still do some pretty scary things. (laughs) Um, But the first half of this book, I did think it was very interesting. So it did talk about the hospitals in the 70s and what was the norm for childbirth and about restraining women to beds and knocking them out and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was super interesting. And I was able to kind of get around that it was outdated because I just read it like it was a history book. And it is kind of cool to see how far modern medicine has come. And then also towards the end of the book, he did start talking about like things after giving birth, like early childhood, or not childhood, but early like infant care type things. And I just didn't think that made sense with the rest of the book. And I don't know, it was just really choppy and not very well structured. Um, This is a book I gave three stars. Oh, I gave four stars to the Joel Beakey Parenting by God's Promises book. If I think I forgot to say that. Um, But this book I gave three stars because I think I enjoyed it more than I didn't. And even though there were some pretty like weird problems with it, I still thought it was very helpful and I got a lot of practical advice for what to do during birth um, from it. So it was good. <laughs> and then the next book I read was My First 300 Babies by Gladys Hendrick. And this is a book that my mother-in-law gave me and she used it with her children and she really, really liked it. This isn't a childbirth book. It is a, like an early infant sleep training type book. Um, yeah. So the reason it's called My First 300 Babies is because it was written by a midwife who has helped out a lot of moms um, try to get their babies on a schedule. So it's not by somebody who's literally had 300 babies. (laughs) It's by someone who's taken care of lots of babies. I like that it's very practical. It had um, several different schedules for several different stages in the infant's life. (laughs) And those I thought would be very helpful as a reference. Um, I'm not sure I like how early they structure the baby's sleep. Um, there is not there is a schedule in there for your first day home from the hospital. <laughs> I don't know, and I can't really speak to this because I don't have a baby and I don't know what works. And I know all babies are different, so some things are gonna work for some moms and other things are gonna work for others, or moms and babies. <laughs> um, and I don't dislike the idea of having structure in your baby's life at all like I think structure is a good thing and that's one of the themes of this book is that children need structure and I would agree with that Um, I think the structure might look a little bit different than what she's saying but she does give some very good advice too some very practical advice so it, it is a book I am glad that I have on my shelf that I can flip back to when I'm having problems with getting my child to go to sleep and stuff like that Um, The other piece of advice she gives is it doesn't matter what happens, but how you respond to it, which I think is helpful for, you know, most of life also, (laughs) and not just having to do with babies. Um, 
but that was it was kind of encouraging in that sense too where if your child's acting up it's not necessarily because you're doing anything so make sure you're doing everything that you need to do to help your child yeah I gave that one three stars as well um yeah um, the next book I read was Notes from Underground by Dostoevsky and that was our last book club um our last month's book club so if you want to hear about that go check out that episode um and then I read Lord of the Rings or I read the first Lord of the Rings book Fellowship of the Ring and <clears throat> this is we're doing <laughs> Mason and I have started this new thing where we start assigning each other books to read and he right off the bat was like oh you're gonna read the Lord of the Rings trilogy which is good because it, if you recall if you listen to last or our last season's readings Lord of the Rings was on that big long list so basically he's forcing me to read the things that I think are good to read <laughs> um so yeah, if you go and check out our episode called Sci-Fi is Just Fantasy in Space, you will hear me talk about Lord of the Rings, and you will hear Mason talk about Jane Eyre, because that's my favorite book and what I decided to make him read. Um, and also, the title, Sci-Fi is Just Fantasy in Space, that may or may not have been something I said on the episode. So if you want to hear me make a fool of myself about sci-fi, check it out. <laughs> um, and that being said... Um, our discussion on science fiction has kind of, I don't know, like opened my eyes a little bit. <laughs> and it's made me really, it's made me really interested in reading science fiction and reading about science fiction and figuring out what science fiction is as a genre. And I just think it's fascinating. So I have a feeling that our next, <laughs> our next season's readings might have a little bit more of a sci-fi theme to it. Um, and even our next book club books, The Sirens of Titan, that's a sci-fi. So um, whenever that comes out, which should be, we should have that by the end of the week, um, for our May book club. So that will be science fiction and we'll see what else I read in the future. <laughs> um, so anyway, Lord of the Rings, listen to our first assignment episode. And then the next book I read was, I think her name is pronounced Ina It might be Ina but I've, I've heard both. I don't know what's actually right. I didn't look it up. So I'm going to say Ina So I read Ina Guide to Childbirth. And I was really, really expecting to like this one. Because it's kind of considered, I guess, a classic in the whole natural birth world. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of people who like this book don't like Robert Bradley's book. And I thought Robert Bradley's book was meh. So I thought I was really going to like this book but I liked it less than I liked the husband coach childbirth book. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was very surprised by that. Um, so Ina May is a midwife, and she was practicing, I think, around the 70s and 80s, so around the same time as Robert Bradley. So she, the things in the hospital that she saw were similar to what Robert Bradley was writing about also. Um, but she... I guess she just went more anti-medicine than I was comfortable with. <laughs> She's a little bit more of a hippie. She lives on this, I want to say it's like a commune called The Farm, where she and a bunch of other midwives um, help deliver babies. So women will show up to their, um, I think it's technically a village, like they show up to the village and um, they kind of prepare for their childbirth there. Um, they're given like a 
like I think it's like a vegan or at least vegetarian diet and like all of these different things to help get them ready um, to have a successful birth and it, it sounds pretty cool and they do have a good relationship with a hospital in the area so if there is an emergency they do go to the hospital but that is the kind of person who is writing this book <laughs> I was very uncomfortable with how skeptical she was of just medicine in general. Um, and she, I don't know, it was just kind of the tone where she talked about all of these different things that we don't really need medical intervention for, but the doctors are too stupid to recognize that. So those kind of things. It is storming here. I don't know if I said that earlier, but you know now. <laughs> anyway, man, I totally lost track of what I was saying. Um, yeah, anti-medicine. Also, there was kind of this mystical vibe about childbirth. Um, like, I don't know. When you look into natural childbirth for any period of time, you'll find a lot of this like fertility cult or fertility goddess what whatnot um you'll find a lot of that and this book plays into that um it wasn't exactly over the top necessarily but it was too much for me to be comfortable with i don't think birth is a spiritual experience necessarily i do think it's very empowering for women and it's special because it's a very female specific <laughs> um job <laughs> um where women are the only ones who are capable of giving birth and that's awesome and being able to experience that is very empowering or should be very empowering um but i don't think it should be this like oh i am a goddess because i can give life i don't know <sighs> so that's a tone in the book that i didn't like either um it also was not very Practical, Like, I didn't get very much practical advice for what to do during labor, which is what I really wanted. <laughs> there was one piece of advice about blowing raspberries during labor as a way to, um, you know, like, relax your breathing and, you know, stay calm and all that kind of stuff. So that was a breathing technique that I took from the book. But that was, that's like the only thing. <laughs> um, so hopefully that actually comes in handy. Um but this book did make me very grateful for how far modern medicine has come, um, especially in the context of birth. So I'm glad I don't have to worry about being knocked out while giving birth or not having my husband with me, all of those kinds of things. Um, so I'm very grateful for that and being able to have pain relief if I so choose <laughs> to use it. Um, so this brings me to why am I trying to have a natural childbirth? Um, I thought I would talk about that just a little bit, um, as I mentioned before, just because this is kind of the outworking of all the things I've been reading, and I've been thinking about this for, I mean, at least nine months, or okay, eight months, I'm not nine months yet. <laughs> so at least eight months I've been trying to figure out what's the best way for me to um, have my baby. and. I would like to preface this by saying I understand that medicine has saved a lot of lives when it comes to complicated births, which is why I am choosing to give birth in a hospital. That wasn't something I ever 
debated. Like the home birth thing has never really appealed to me. And through my research, I have come to a greater understanding of why people choose to do that and why people um, find it more calming to give birth at home. But that's just not something I would be comfortable doing myself, (laughs) especially for my first child, because I don't know, I don't know anything about what labor is going to be like and what my labor is going to be like specifically. So just thought it'd be smart to go to the hospital just in case. (laughs) And I am going to talk about this a little theologically, I guess. Um, And I talk about this in my review of Ina May's child, what is it? Child... Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. So, oh, and I gave that book two stars. Sorry, I keep forgetting to share that. Um, So I do talk about this specifically in that review. So if you want to go check that out, go look at my Goodreads, which I will link in the show notes. So I think as a Christian woman, our view of childbirth is automatically kind of wrapped up in the curse. Um, So we tend to associate all childbirth pain, including like menstrual cramps, Um, We tend to blame that on Eve, even to the point of joking and saying, oh, thanks, Eve, at least, you know, once a month. (laughs) Um, But in looking at the specific words of the curse, it doesn't necessarily say that pain will, like, that there is now pain in childbirth. It says that pain will be multiplied. And the word that we see being used for pain can also be translated to toil. Um, So my interpretation of that is just childbirth is going to be a lot harder than it was before the curse and that kind of parallels adam's specific curse too and having to um work the land and it being a lot harder to grow food (laughs) um so it's going to be a lot harder to give birth as well so it's not that there wasn't work before the curse there was work it just wasn't as painful and it wasn't something that we see as negative, which I think is something that we tend to miss today. And I think a lot of this comes from our our new obsession with self-care and getting rid of stress and just and not seeing work as a good thing. There's this movement of not accepting pain as necessary or work as beneficial (laughs) um at least outside of you know your necessities which is a very modern thing because back um even like a hundred years ago we would be working to survive the winter and it was a lot more stressful than it is now we have relatively or we have significantly less stress today than we did even a hundred years ago. We have microwaves, we have refrigerators. We don't have to do hardly anything. (laughs) Um, And yes, there are other stresses with social media and comparison and people like to talk about that all the time. But I'm just gonna say that life is a lot easier now than it was in the past. Um, So having this mindset of, oh, we need to get rid of all stress because stress is bad for us, that is something that I am very wary of in general anyway. (laughs) Um, So, man, that was kind of a tangent, but I think that this does apply to childbirth and I don't want to approach childbirth automatically saying, okay, well, how do we get rid of this pain? I want to figure out how to work through it um, 
because birth in the Bible is talked about as a blessing as well. Um, in First Timothy 2, Paul says that women are saved through childbearing, and that's that's pretty strong language. And And for us to just automatically try to dull the sensations of childbirth, which the Bible takes very seriously, well, obviously, I think we need to think through these decisions more carefully before we give birth, um, rather than just accepting childbirth pain as being bad. I'm not trying to knock anybody who decides to get an epidural, because I do also appreciate how far medicine has come, as I said before, and I think God has given um, scientists gifts in order to, in order to create these forms of pain relief for moms, and especially since childbirth is still a fallen, it's a fallen process, and things do go wrong, and I think that having this kind of pain relief is very beneficial in the light, or in the context of having a complicated and fallen birth. In conclusion, <laughs> I if something goes wrong, I would not have a problem with having an epidural or some kind of, you know, intervention, and I don't disrespect mothers who choose to do those things, but in my own study, I am seeing birth as being something bigger than just delivering a baby, um, so that is why I am trying to have a natural childbirth, um, Thanks for putting up with my rambling about that. <laughs> um, and again, if you want to see the words I have written about this, check out my review of Ina Mae Gaskin's guide to, or Ina Mae's, yeah, Ina Mae's guide to childbirth. I don't know why I can't say that title. Um, go ahead and check that out because I do put a lot of that in there and I think it might be a little more concise than what I've just rambled about. That's it today for babies. <laughs> and that's actually it for all the books I've read. <laughs> Um, I did also finish The Sirens of Titan, which is our next book club book, and we'll be recording that soon, I think in a couple days. So be on the lookout for that for our May book club. Um, we also have been recording for a year now, so it's kind of our birthday. Fun fact. Um, and I do have some fun stuff, like I changed our logo, um, I changed our website. I don't know if anybody actually looks at our website. I think there should be a link to it in in the show notes or in something. I don't know. I'll find a way to link that so you can see that. And I'm going to fully update that for our book club episode. So be looking for that in our new logo, which I'm super excited about. But yeah, so that is all I have for today. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Reading Minds wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review. Until next time, happy reading. Talk to you soon. Bye, friends.